Hi, I'm Grant Dufresne, and welcome to Dufresne Ministries podcast channel. We believe that as you listen to this message, your faith will be stirred and you will be encouraged in whatever you are believing God for today. Stay tuned at the end of this message to find out more information about our ministry. Turn with me if you would this morning. Let's go to Psalms chapter 34. Psalms chapter 34. We're going to talk about one aspect of how you can always receive your healing, always receive your miracle, always receive the provision you need. Anything that God has already provided for us, it belongs to us now, but it doesn't come on us automatically. It's waiting for our faith to show up. When our faith shows up, our faith receives what God has already made ours. Amen. So I want to real quickly touch on the three steps that we have to take anytime we're opposed with something, anytime something tries to steal our health, steal our miracle, steal our money. The first thing you have to do in the face of any opposition is number one, answer it. Isn't that right? And you answer it specifically. If the devil says you're going to lose your home, don't just say, oh, no, God loves me. That's not the right answer. You're going to have to answer the threat. You're going to have to answer what opposes you. So if he says you're going to lose your home, say, devil, you're a liar. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. My God shall supply all my needs and I will not lose my home. You have to answer specifically what the devil threatens your life, your home, your family, your health, your children, your business with. Amen. And then once you answer him, tell the devil that spoke to you to get out. Why? The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee from you. In other words, we don't have to put up with him hanging around, causing all kinds of difficulty around our lives. So the first thing we're going to do is answer it. This is where a lot of people miss receiving their healing, their miracle, their provision, is they're waiting for God to give them something and God's waiting for them to answer opposition. Mark eleven twenty three says, uh, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed. It didn't say whosoever shall pray. Pray that God will do something about the mountain. Whosoever shall say to the mountain, God has authorized us to speak to opposition. Anything that tries to seal from us what God has already blessed us with, we're going to have to do something about it. And if we don't do something about it, nothing will be done about it. So it is up to us to speak to the mountain, speak to what is in our way and say, get out of my way. Sickness, get out of my body. Pain, get out of my body. Amen. Hallelujah. What if you need a body part? Say, body part, come. Body part, come. Amen. So number one, we have to speak to things that oppose us. And we also have to tell things we need to get there. Then we tell the devil to take his hands off our body, take his hands off the situation. And then the third step to receiving our miracle is the vital step, worship. Worship. Now, it only takes a moment to speak to the mountain. Just a moment. It only takes a moment for us to tell the devil to leave. But it is to fill our days the way we worship. Step number three is what we're to be occupied with all the time. Amen. 
Step number one is what? Answer it. Tell the opposition to leave. Tell it to get out. Tell the pain to leave your body. That only takes a moment. You should not be doing that, having to do that all day long. You tell it. Then number two, you tell the devil that brought that thing, get out. And then number three, you're going to spend the rest of your day. Father, I thank you. I thank you that your power is working. I give you praise. I give you worship. Jesus, you're such a wonderful healer. Jesus, you're such a wonderful miracle worker. Why do we spend the most of our day with that? Because that's the only thing worthy of our attention. What opposes us is not worthy of our attention. It's worthy of being resisted. It's worthy of being rebuked. That's the only thing that belongs to opposition is telling it to get out. Amen. But the third thing of worship, God is to be our focus. God is to be our attention holder. Amen. So Psalms chapter 34, we're going to talk this morning about this third step of the importance of the third step of receiving any healing, any miracle, any provision that we need in our life. We have to make sure we're skillful at this third step of worship. Why? Because if you will stay with your attention on God, the devil can't get back in. The devil can't stay where he was. So the devil is always trying to get your attention on the problem, on the opposition. He wants your conversation enthralled with what opposes you. But I want you to know you can live at such a place of fellowship and mindfulness of God that you hardly even notice when the devil shows up and opposes. And it's nothing more than shirking it off and going on. Amen. That's where God has authorized us to live with our total attention and awareness on what God's movement is to where we even hardly even notice what the devil's movement is. And when we see a little bit of movement, we say stop in the name of Jesus and we go on back to worshiping God. Amen. So what we become skillful in, we need to know how to answer the devil. We need to know how to tell the devil to leave. But our great skill should also be that in the morning, worship God. In the afternoon, worship God. In the evening, worshiping God. Amen. Hallelujah. So we have to become skillful at that. I said we have to become skillful at that. Now, there's a minister by the name of Norval Hayes. Anybody remember Brother Norval? He just went home to be with the Lord recently. But God spoke to him and said this, My children basically love me, but they live in poverty, they live in sickness, and they live in defeat. They don't live in heaven's blessings because they don't worship me enough. Now, notice this word, enough. Just a moment here and there, once or twice a week, oh, I love you, Jesus, and then go on about your, your natural business, not even giving himself more, him any more thought, then we wonder why the door's wide open to opposition. It's because our attention is on something all the time, and we better make sure that God is the biggest part of that attention. Amen. So what does the word say about this? Psalms 34 verse 1 says, I will bless the Lord. Not, not you have to feel like it. I will. It's a choice of your will. Amen. Doesn't matter whether you feel like it. It doesn't matter whether circumstances are inviting your praise. <clears throat> but he says, I will. This is my choice to make. I will bless the Lord. Notice this next phrase. 
at all times. <clears throat> His praise shall continually be in my mouth. See the phrase at all times, continually, at all times, continually. Now you understand what, what God meant when he told brother Norval is that my people don't worship me enough. How much is enough at all times and continually? Amen. When he says we're to bless the Lord at all times, at all times, when things are in place in our life, and when things are trying to get out of place in our life, that's still the time. Amen. Blessing and praising him will affect the outcome of every time. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. That means this. He's instructing us that praising and worshiping God is to be made our lifestyle. Now, you know, you can't worship God naturally 24 hours a day. I mean, you're going to be eating part of the time. You're going to be working. You're going to have conversation, but your heart can be turned. And then every time that it's appropriate, you can say, praise the Lord. I worship your father. I worship your father. There's nothing like worshiping God to hold you out of the tiredness of the mental arena. There's nothing more tiring than living in the mental arena. Worshiping God will hold you out of the place that makes you tired so that you don't live your life just by your mind, just by what you can figure out. And you say, I don't quite know how to worship God. Just ignore the mind and from your spirit. Begin to tell him how much you appreciate what he's done for you. Amen. Then Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 15. And this is the amplified translation of Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. New Testament. Through him, therefore, let us constantly and at all times offer up to God a sacrifice of praise. Then he tells you what this is. He describes what it is, which is the fruit of lips that thankfully acknowledge and confess and glorify his name. So we see this word again constantly and at all times. How many of you know this is not a suggestion? This is a command. This is the lifestyle instruction for the believer. A constant flow of praise and worship. Praise and worship is an expression of gratitude, thankfulness, and glorifying God. That's what it is. When you praise God, you say, Father, I praise you. Thank you that you saved me. Before I was even born, you saw my need. Before I even knew I needed you, you supplied my need of you. Amen. Then you go back through. I tell you, I go back through times. I remember as a three and four year old little girl out in the field playing. I was, my dad was a cotton and wheat farmer and I would make the best mud pies in town out there in that field. And I remember the power of God coming on me at those times out there alone. And I go back when I start praising God, I draw up those remembrances of the times he started moving on me. Father, thank you. When I was little and I didn't even know you, I didn't know I needed you. I didn't even know you had a plan. You were meeting me there and you were wooing me into what I was born for. Father, I thank you for seeing that little girl 
See, that's what I'm talking about, praising. Recall and bring up everything he's done for you. Don't forget it, but be thankful and show gratitude and glorify him with what no one else even knows he did for you. The times that you were uh, struggling with something and laying in bed and the Holy Ghost came upon you and comforted you. Thank him for those times. Recall those. You've always got something to be thankful and grateful for. Amen. I remember when I was growing up and at our dinner table, there were four kids in our family. And I remember it so often because, you know, you can't just tell a kid something once. You got to tell them over and over. And we would be at dinner. Mother cooked a big dinner every night because she could. I would if I could. I don't because I won't. But mother, she would cook this wonderful meal and we'd all, all six of us get around the dinner table. Well, mostly five. It depended on if daddy was there or not, if he was working. But we would ask mother, you know, would you pass the rolls or something? And she would say, what's the magic word? She didn't even make a move toward picking up the plate until you said, please. She wouldn't even move toward what you asked for without proper respect. Praise and worship is proper respect. If we don't offer praise and worship, we don't respect him rightly. And he cannot just be approached without respect and think that we're going to receive what we need. We have to carry a lifestyle of respect for who he is and what he has done. My mother would not even reach out her hand to pick up the plate we were asking for until we said, please. And then she would pick it up and go to hand it to us. And before she would eat, now my hand would reach hold of it, put it, put my hand on the plate, but her hand was still on the plate. She would not release it until she said, what do you say? Say thank you. Then she'd release it. Why? Proper respect for what's available. That's why it says through him, therefore let us constantly and at all times offer up to God a sacrifice of praise. Couldn't we say offer up to God an attitude and a language of respect? Amen. Which is the fruit of lips that thankfully acknowledge Notice, <clears throat> if you don't acknowledge it, why should he do it again? If when he did it, you didn't even, we didn't even acknowledge it, what would make him want to do that again? When I would cook for holidays when the kids were young, eek, <laughs> it would take me like a day and a half because I was not graceful in the kitchen. I wasn't, it, I wasn't fluent in the kitchen. <clears throat> but I, I ate, I made it and I tell you it was edible. If it wasn't edible, I'd put it in the trash. I put many things in the trash that I made. It would turn out good, but it wasn't the way Ed had it when he was growing up or the kids, you know, uh, they were just used to something easy to chew. <laughs> And there were just so many items on the plate. And I cannot tell you, it happened two times. I gave him two chances. But Ed goes, this isn't like my mother's. No, it's like my mother's. Because I cooked. 
And then Steve would say, I don't like this food. We don't ever eat this stuff. I don't like this food. And I said, you know something? I'm not even needing to put myself out to do this again since it's not something you enjoy. Why? Their improper acknowledgement of it meant no more. Amen. I'm not offended. I just got freed up. <laughs> I got my time back. But when they got older and they, would, they, they were staying, you know, they were living, Stephen and Morgan and Bubby, when he was a baby, they were living with us for a time. And I would cook again because I wanted my grandchild fed. And I, re I, would make, I would make some chicken fried steak and, you know, mashed potatoes and we'd do some. And it was pretty good, pretty good. And so they would clean off everything. I'd go, okay, now see, I'll do that again tomorrow night for you. Why? Because the proper acknowledgement, they showed appreciation. So I'll keep doing it. And God's telling us the way to have me, my power continually flowing, show proper acknowledgement of what I've done for you. And I'll keep doing more of it. Amen. It's not, you, you don't have to talk him into it, but there does have to be proper respect. Amen. And so it says the fruit of lips that thankfully acknowledge and confess. How many of you know that one way we worship God is we confess the right thing about our lives. To sit around the dinner table and talk about the problems is only going to give more problems. You talk about the lack of money and it will keep the money from coming in because that's what you're confessing. But if you'll confess his abundance, that's what will come in. And people have to change the habits of thinking and the habits of speaking to confess the goodness of God instead of the difficulties of their situation. So it's the fruit of lips that thankfully acknowledge and confess. Look at this and glorify his name. When we are acknowledging what he's done for us, when we're confessing what his word says, then what happens? He gets glorified. Why? Because he can manifest himself. Amen. So it's uh, receiving doesn't happen without proper gratitude. It's not that God withholds, it's just that it's gratitude that is able to receive. Ingratitude can't receive, it has no hands to take from God with. Amen. So worshiping God is showing proper respect and gratitude that positions us to receive what we need from him. Amen. Then John chapter four, verse 23 and verse 14, Jesus was speaking and he was telling this, John chapter 23, excuse me, John chapter four, verse 23 and verse 24 says, but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the father in spirit and in truth for the father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Notice this, there he's telling us what kind of worship he receives. Worship that is in spirit and in truth, not in feelings and in truth, not in emotions and in truth. Amen. 
Meaning this, you may sense your emotions. When you start worshiping God, you may sense the emotions of weeping. I mean, you may start weeping. Why? Because in his presence, you'll weep. But don't think because you wept that he received something. Because there's a lot of people who are weeping over their situation and talking to God, but it's not called worship. It's called worry. It's called panic. It's called fear. Crying doesn't mean God heard you. Amen. We're worshiping in spirit and truth, not emotions. It's not do we feel like he heard us. Amen. He tells us how to have, how to be effective in our worship, get our spirits involved. Now, I want you to see this. When it says this, for the hour cometh and now is when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is seeking something. He's looking for something. He's searching, trying to find something. What is it? He's trying to find someone worshiping him. Why? Because worship is an expression of faith. When he hears worship that comes from someone's heart, when he hears worship that comes in truth, what's in truth? Well, the word is truth. When you worship him with the word, Father, I thank you. Your your word says that your mercies are new every morning. I thank you that your mercies are on me this morning. Your mercies are flowing today. When you use his word to worship him, he hears himself. In the words you speak. Amen. He's seeking those to worship him. Why? Because worshipers have faith. I'm talking about true worshipers. When they're, what's true worshipers? When your heart's involved. <clears throat> true worship is when it comes from your heart. It's not just a stance you take in a song service. It's not the way you hold your body. It's how your heart hooks in. And God is seeking for people's hearts to be involved. Listen, if our hearts are not involved, why would his heart be involved? And if our heart is involved, what's in your heart? Faith. Amen. And when you access your heart, you access faith. You access all the good things that are in your spirit. Amen. So worship is an act of faith. Those who have a lot of faith are worshipers. That is one outstanding characteristic of people with strong faith. They're worshipers. They worship all the time. And I'm not talking about a song going on in music. I'm talking about a lifestyle of what they confess, what they acknowledge, what they meditate on, what they allow in their conversation, how they live their lives. The Bible says, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. It's not just the beauty of music, but the beauty of holiness. How we live is a form of worship. How we talk to our spouses shows our our gratitude toward God. It's a form of worship. Amen. So worship is a faith act. That's why God is seeking for those who worship because then he's he's found faith. And when he finds faith, he can move. Amen. Faith pleases God. Why is that? Because God wants to bless and provide for people. And when he finds faith, he can bless people and it pleases him to bless people. That's why faith pleases him because it it allows him to be who he wants to be in our lives. Amen. 
we are to worship him, as I said, in spirit. What does that mean with our hearts engaged? And somebody would say, I don't know what you mean when you're worshiping from your heart. Well, have you ever told anyone you love them? Whether it's a spouse, whether it's a parent, whether it's a family member, did you mean it? Well, if you meant it, you said it from your heart. That's what it means, worship from your heart. Mean it. Mean it. Amen. And if you mean something, you put a little bit of, effort, of your, of your self-effort into it. Right? Amen. So we're to worship him in spirit and to worship him in truth. We're to worship him in truth, as we said. Uh, the word is truth. Worship him based on what the word says about him. Don't worship him based on what religion has said about him. Or even the way you were raised to think about God. Because people bring a words of worship, but it, they think it's worship, but it's not because it's not in line with the word. So the further we go in our understanding of the word, the broader our worship should become. Amen. When you first got saved, maybe you just heard John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Then you could, Father, I thank you that you saved me. I thank you that you saved me. But when you see a little bit more of the word, oh, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Now your worship can get broader. Now you can not only thank him for your salvation, but you can thank him for healing. And then you see this saying uh, that, that the tithe is the Lord's. And that we're to bring that and worship him with our tithe. Oh my goodness, now my, broad, my worship gets even broader. We don't want to keep a narrow flow of worship. We need to broaden our flow of worship by worshiping him based on his word. Amen. Hallelujah. So take the word with you to worship. Amen. Worship him. Father, I thank you that Jesus took my infirmities and bare my sin. Thank you for that. Jesus, you paid such a great price. Thank you for paying that great price. You understand that? There was one woman who she would attend this. She started attending this church and every time the pastor would refer to Jesus as the healer, not in a way that distracted or anything, but she would stand up and she would lift her hands and she would begin to worship God. Nobody else would be standing, but she would just stand off to the side and she'd just worship, close her eyes and lift her hands. And you could tell her heart was involved. I mean, tears would come down her face. It's not tears that show your heart's involved, but when your heart's involved, it, it'll start manifesting. <laughs> so after about two years of her doing this, the pastor went to her and said, I noticed that every time Jesus is mentioned as a healer, you stand up and you start worshiping. He said, do you mind if I ask you why? She said, Pastor, 15 years ago I was dying of cancer. And she said, Jesus healed me. And every time I hear him talked about and mentioned as a healer, I can't help but remember what he did for me. And I can't just sit there and not respond to him. I have to acknowledge and confess and glorify. That's what Hebrews is saying. To thankfully confess, acknowledge, and glorify him. That we don't just take it lightly what he's done, but it matters to us. We show respect and we show honor for what he has done. If you will live this, you will have no problem receiving a miracle. You'll have no problem receiving healing. Hallelujah. 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 
We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at defrayministries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Defray Ministries.